Okay. What was lovely and puzzling, well, not puzzling, what, what was lovely was that as all of those people shared the prophetic words, and thank you so much, guys, for all that you shared there, so much of it was what I wanted to say today as part of my preach. So in a sense, I kind of feel like I could just sit down now and then, and then that would be it. And, um, but I'll try to kind of grab together bits and pieces that I had prepared to say or thought I should say that God had given me. But also, I, I just want to invite you guys to hear the notes that chime in terms of what I, what I had prepared to say and what actually people said and prayed over us. And it's, and it's true for us, yes, but it's, it's as a team, but it's, it's true of the church. So, um, so we've been looking through, so if you're new today or um, you've not been with us the last few weeks, we've been trying to look through a book, Andrew Ollerton wrote a book called uh, The Bible, A Story That Makes Sense of Life. And so we've been looking through step by step at what it is um, to be God's people. And it really does make sense of life. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus or you're here today and uh, you're wondering about the Christian faith, I, I warmly encourage you to spend more and more and more time with these scriptures because they really, really do make sense of life. Um, and so we're going to look at a new section of that. So if you have a Bible, or whether it's on your phone, then open it up to the book of Acts and we're going to look at the next section. Um, I, want to, I want to start, actually, if I can, with, with a, a gratuitous image. I'm going to put a gratuitous image on the screen. Um, uh, for a, completely unnecessary for a Bible talk. Um, but I wanted to share this little picture. This is Lyra, who is our six-month-old little puppy. And um, I wanted to share this image with you because she has, uh, she has reminded us, or she's taught me again, what it is to be committed to community. Like, she, she, she has FOMO really badly, Lyra does. She doesn't want to miss, fear of missing out, she doesn't want to miss a single thing. If she hears, um, she's in the kitchen and she hears one of us elsewhere in the house, she wants to go and be part of the action. And so I think, I think Lyra might want to say to you today, um, don't miss out. I'm going to abandon my PowerPoint and ask Josh to just scroll through. There it is. She wants to say to you today, I think Jesus wants to say to you today, don't miss out. Don't miss out on being part of the church, on, on stepping fully into, into being part of God's people. And as I was praying and preparing about what to say today, and obviously it links very much with our church planting stuff that we're doing, but really it's just about the enormous privilege and the amazing thing it is to be part of God's own people. So I wanted to say to you, don't miss out, because sometimes we can get a bit, um, well, I know I can, get a bit... Uh, a bit jaded about the church. The church is, we, we've got lots to rethink, frankly, haven't we? The church as a whole. There's a lot, we, the church has made lots of mistakes. The church is, is, is a, a faulty thing because you and I are part of it. But um, uh, Jesus said, didn't he, that the, the kingdom of heaven belongs to those like these little children. And uh, those who have an openness of heart, those who have... A, um, a, a wholeheartedness in their attitude to the things of God and to life within his people. And so um, I wanted to encourage you to have your full kind of puppy-esque enthusiasm, to not miss out on what it is to be part of God's church, because it's the best community to be part of in the world. The local church is, is the hope of the world. 
And whatever stage you're at, wherever you're at with the church, and I know that some of us can get quite hurt by the church, but I want to encourage you to step in further, to, to press in to what it is to be part of the church. So I'm going to try and make two fairly simple points about the church and, and why I think it is the best community in the world to be part of. So uh, if you can open your Bible to the book of Acts, we're going to have a little look through uh, this together. So um, if you're new to the scriptures, Luke, Dr. Luke, he wrote his gospel to explain uh, what Jesus had been doing on earth. And then he wrote his next book, The Acts of the Apostles, to explain what Jesus continued to do through his people, the church. And so if we want to know what it is to be part of this spirit-formed community, the church, there are a few better places to look than the book of Acts. So we're going to try and dig into a couple of key moments today. And I want to say two things, uh, two simple things, I think. Firstly, that um, in the church, in God's church, we find our deepest and our truest identity. We find our deepest and our truest identity within within God's church. So have a look at Acts 1, verse 6 to 9, if you have your Bible with you. So the church referred to this moment as the ascension of Jesus. And again, for those of you who are new to this or those of you who've just walked in today and you're wondering what's going on, the, the, uh, J- Jesus Christ died on a cross to pay for all the brokenness of the world, all the darkness of the world. He wiped our debt clean, the debt we owed God. And then he rose from the grave. And in rising from the grave, he conquered death, but he started a whole new kind of humanity. And that risen Jesus spent about 40 days with his disciples, with his friends. Hundreds of people heard him speak. He ate. And then he said this to them. It was time for him to go back to be with the Father. So let's have a look at Acts 1, verse 6. He said, Then they gathered around him, Jesus, and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. So Jesus Christ, the the God-man, Uh, has crossed over now. He is at the right hand of the Father. He's ruling and reigning in the heavenly realm. And he's a a human. That's the amazing news. That's the amazing, mind-blowing thing, is that there is a human ruling and reigning over all of heaven and all of earth. It's that risen Jesus Christ. But what does he say just before he goes? He says, A, you don't get to know when the Father will restore all things. But for now, he says, I've got a job for you. Have a look at verse 8. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So this is the moment in which God's people receive that divine calling. God himself says to them, you are to be my witnesses So why does he use the word witness? The Greek word martus refers to a law court. So a witness is someone who faithfully 
tells the story as it happened for people who weren't there. So he says to his disciples, you are to be my witnesses. You are to be my storytellers. Go and tell my story, not just to your own kind of people here, but to people in the next land. So it's like not just in Exeter, but in all of Devon and in all of the UK and in all of the world. And there's those concentric circles that go out. He says, go. It's the, it's the kind of go of the gospel. He says, receive, but then go and give it away. And John shared that, and, and many of the prophetic words that we've had as a team have been about that go of the gospel. And, and really, our church life in Whipton and Beacon Heath is going to be built around that. We want to be a, um, we want to be a furiously missional people, if that makes sense, a determinedly missional people to keep the go of the gospel at the center of all that we do. So as a church team, we're going to be out weekly as part of our life together, out trying to, you know, making friends with local people, hanging out, having a laugh, doing stuff together, and telling Jesus' story. We aim to be Jesus' witnesses in that place to people who haven't heard of him, or perhaps to people who've heard of him but have just forgotten who he is or, or don't believe that he is actually who he is um, so uh, it's a big handover moment it's like where um, it's like a game of tag Jesus this ascension moment is where Jesus says right tag you're it I'm, I'm going to carry on doing what I've been doing but I'm going to do it by proxy through you so go Go and carry on what I've been doing. St. Augustine said this. I don't know if this is up there. St. Augustine said this. Without God, we cannot. Without us, he will not. So we pray for the kingdom to come, don't we? And, and sometimes I wonder whether the kingdom comes to the same extent to which we're willing to, to partner with him, to do his stuff with him. Without us, without God, we, we cannot, but without us, he will not. So let's step more and more fully into being his witnesses. I don't know what that looks like for you in your particular life. I don't know who God is calling you to be his storyteller to, to go to them and be a storyteller uh, for Jesus. Um, there's a lot of focus on this guy today. Is the next slide would be possible? Yeah, okay. So... Um, through his team, Gareth Southgate gets to continue what he's always been trying to do. You know, he, he's not on the field of play anymore, but he's the boss and he's directing his troops. And, he, and, and those guys are trying to achieve the same thing as he had always been achieving and doing but he now does it by proxy through then. And, and we are the ones on the field now. Look around. Look, take a moment just to look around the room. We are on the field of play now. We are the players. We are the players. Jesus is the gaffer. Jesus is the boss. But we are his hands and feet. There's a famous quotation from uh, St. Teresa of Avila, who was a follower of Jesus about 500 years ago. And she said this, and this is very familiar, but it is so important that we remember this. She said, Christ has no body on earth now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. 
Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body on earth now, but yours. So I wanted to say to you guys today, don't miss out. You know, don't miss out on being his hands and feet. Step fully into being a player on his team. Like, don't be on the pitch, but not really, like, kicking the ball. You know? Like, really get involved. Commit. Turn up. Serve. Do all that you can. It's the, it's the best team to be on in the world. And it is a team sport. You know, like, I, I started by saying you find your deepest identity within the Church of Christ. And I think in our society, we search for our identity as individuals. We, we think, who am I, though? Who am I? And what I want to say to you is, your search is found, you know, your search ends in the Church of Christ, that we are all designed to be his. So have a look at Colossians. I hope I've got the quotation up on the screen. Have a little look if you have. Yeah, okay. So it says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. And then check this bit out. This is my favorite line. All things have been created through him. And for him. So the sun, all of creation, mountains, hills, trees, people, everything, oceans, everything is, has been created through God the Son, through Jesus Christ. And it's been created for Jesus Christ. So if you ever wonder what you're for, if you ever wonder who you are, what your identity is, that, that's who you are at the deepest level. You are born, you, are, you exist in order to be part of his bride, to be wed to him. So, so don't miss out. Don't miss out on who he is. He is the head, he is the boss, and we are his hands and his feet. And secondly, so if I want to say that he is, you find your deepest identity within the church of Christ. So step in and don't miss out. Second thing I want to say to you is that we find our family in the church of Christ. And it's an eternal family. It's a radical community of love. And again, the church definitely makes its mistakes. The church is definitely not perfect. But there is much to be thankful for to being part of the church of Christ. And I think many of us have experienced some of that. Um, I want to look at one more passage of scripture. Have a look at Acts 2 verse 41 if you if you have that so we've used this as a kind of blueprint for our life together as a as a church in Whipton and Beacon Heath this is this is who we want to be I think I think as the church we make it far more complicated sometimes than we need to this is this uh, this description of this first kind of church it's Andy Ollerton says it's warm with the breath of God and, and so it's worth us paying attention to. If we want to know what Jesus intends his church to be, this is a pretty good steer. So let's have a little look. Uh, uh, yeah, Acts 2, 41 onwards. So it says, those who accepted his message, Peter's message, were baptised, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we're a a community of uh, people who have devoted themselves to the teachings of the apostles, the teachings about who Jesus is. A a community dedicated to one another. And the the Greek word fellowship there is koinonia. And it it kind of, it's hard to translate in English, but it gets across this idea that um, uh, it's a deep oneness, a deep togetherness, a fellowship that transcends uh, race or age or preference or, you know, being friends with people who aren't like you. And that is one of the greatest pleasures, I think, of being part of this family, is that you get to be um, you get to be family with, close to, friends with people who, who you wouldn't normally knock about with. So devoted to fellowship, devoted to breaking bread and eating together and sharing with one another and worshipping and praising Jesus. And what you notice is the world notices. The world notices as people, as people do that. That's us. Uh, we, had a little, um, we had a little team brunch this morning. And... Um, and you know, our, our, three, our three key values for our new church plant in Whipton and Beacon Heath are, are, are Jesus-centred. We want to be a furiously Jesus-centred uh, church. We want to be studying and discipling and discipling other people. Secondly, we want to be around the table. We want to be a church that meets around the table, that eats together every week. And then thirdly, we want to be a church that has that go, the go of the gospel sewn into everything we do. So, um, shall we stand together? And I think we should just pray. A lot of what I've shared is, um, is, is to do with the, the church in Whipton and Beacon Heath that we're hoping to go and serve and be part of. But actually, it's true of, true of every church, true of the universal church. Um, so let's just have a bit of time to pray uh, together. And maybe as the band just begin to play, we're going to use a song in response.